Well, if you've got your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 3 is where we're at today. If you're not familiar with looking up Scripture, either on your phone or in your Bible, most of the Scripture will be on the screen behind us this morning. And we're right in the middle of this series called Foolproof, where we're studying through the book of Proverbs, trying to get this idea and this concept of wisdom down in our life, understanding how do we get into wisdom, what are the traps, all these kind of things. This is a book that was written over hundreds of years Many different authors put together this tried and true measures of wisdom that we get to live out and play out in our life. And so we're taking just six weeks of a quick overview of this, trying to capture some of the key ideas of what it means to have wisdom in our life. And we started our journey a couple of weeks ago looking at the key to the door of wisdom. How do we actually get started on this wisdom journey? And we talked about this idea of understanding the fear of the Lord, that the fear of the Lord isn't this scary idea, this frightening guy that we have to run from. It's actually this awe and honor that leads us to respect and submitting the Lord. It is the key to beginning the wisdom journey. Have you ever been locked out of your house or your apartment? Uh, my brother and I, we grew up in a, where we grew up, where we went to college together. We both went to Auburn and we lived, I, I always thought like I had this beautiful, glamorous image of my mind, a cool dorm room, you know, fun, just up and down the hall. Well, we couldn't afford that. And so my parents got us a trailer. And it wasn't even like a normal trailer. This was a travel trailer that had like a hitch on it that you could come. Somebody could have come and hooked up to us in the middle of the night and drove off if they would have wanted to. I don't know why they would have wanted to, but they could have. And uh, one day we came home and we were locked out. I mean, he didn't have his key. I did not have my key. And for this little travel trailer, it was very secure. Like we, I'm like, I thought we could probably break into this thing. And we ended up having to break a window to get in, to like reach around, climb through, and get the door open. And I remember as I'm like climbing through, my brother, in all of his wisdom at that point, decided to think, you know what, I think Dad left a key outside somewhere. And as I'm literally climbing through the window, he pulls up the mat, and there is a key to the apartment, to our trailer sitting right there. But needless to say, we broke the window. We tried to survive all winter with a broken window, and it got really cold and bad. But sometimes I feel like that when I'm trying to pursue wisdom. Like, I want to get in. I want more wisdom in my life, but somehow I just seem locked out. And that's what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, is that open door, that key is understanding a good fear of the Lord. Not being scared, not running from Him, but running to Him. And then last week, Jared talked about these immediate obstacles that come into our wisdom journey of pride and envy. That they, as soon as we say, all right, I'm going to do this, like pride and envy just spring up at us and try to attack us. Pride makes us think, what is it about me? What status do I carry? Envy is like, what can I consume? What can I get? And we get sidetracked so quickly thinking that I can use this wisdom just for me. And it stalls us and it keeps us from moving forward. And the way we get over those obstacles are humility and selflessness. If not, we don't deal with those obstacles so quickly, we just like we're stuck on a train that isn't moving. You ever had one of those days where you're just on, I was sitting at Times Square the other day on the 7 train, and I'm like, it's going to start moving any minute. I know that it's going to start moving. And the guy kept coming on and saying, there are major delays, please take another train. But the doors were open, and I was like, no. I have faith in you, seven train. I am going to stay on here. And the guy just kept coming on like every two minutes, like in the nicest way he could say, get off the train and go take 
another way. And so Katie and I finally did. And I just had this fear, even as I was walking up the stairs away, like what? That ding dong, you know, like it's just kind of <laughs> close. And, but it didn't, like we got all a different way. But sometimes we do that. We get on the train of wisdom and it doesn't seem to be moving because pride and envy are just got us stuck and we're not moving and we can't understand why. And that's why we have to embrace humility and selflessness. But let's say we get the door open. Let's say we get past the traps of pride and envy in our life. Now what? Well, there's a famous passage in Proverbs that lays the groundwork for how to move forward in our wisdom journey. And this passage helps us to understand what it means not just to dabble in wisdom or to flirt with wisdom, but to embrace wisdom like a dear friend or like a lover. The key to being on a wisdom journey is not just figuring out how to get on it and what traps to avoid. It's actually going on the journey, moving forward in wisdom. This week and next week, we're going to look at two different paths that we can take in our life. The path of wisdom or the path of folly. Or it's referred to as the straight path or the crooked path. These really aren't, aren't other options. Our life would either be defined by our willingness to embrace wisdom or our desire to push against it and attempt to forge our own path. So let's take a look at this passage and begin to understand what it means to walk the straight path of wisdom. Grace read this earlier, but let's reread it. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Do not be, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Now, when I hear the term straight paths, my mind is kind of in condition to think about the safe way, not taking any risk, the boring, straight, lathe path, just living a vanilla, boring life that doesn't cause any trouble and doesn't have any fun. But this is not at all what the path of wisdom is talking about when it says to take, it will make your path straight. The path of wisdom, the straight path, will lead you on the most incredible adventure of your life. It will guide you through life-changing events, put you in challenging situations, make you feel overwhelmed and often, often feel like you're hanging on for dear life. It will cause you to face fears and deal with issues that you'd rather hide from. Growing up, I loved riding roller coasters. Where I grew up outside of Atlanta, there was a Six Flags not far away, and we would go to the Six Flags all the time. And whatever new coaster they would put on there, I would go ride. And I had this friend of mine that she used to work for me, and she said, oh, I'll go, but she said, I don't ride any of the roller coasters except for one. And the one she would ride was called the Mine Train. It was called the Mini Mine Train. Like, I'm just going to tell you, this was not a roller coaster. Like, the hills were kind of, I don't even know if they would get up to the fifth floor. I mean, the, the fifth row here. I mean, they were just, it was like a little kiddie ride. And I was like, this is not, the mine train is not a roller coaster. The mine bender, that is a roller coaster. I mean, the mine bender had three loops, corkscrews. It would get up to 60, 70 miles an hour. This is a roller coaster. And sometimes we think, all right, if I take the straight path, it means I'm just trying to even out everything in my life, and I'm just going to ride the little mine train through life. I want to tell you, wisdom is the mind bender of life. It will take you to places that will cause you to feel things and experience things you never did before, but you're approaching it with wisdom and a gusto for life. That's a wild ride. Wisdom isn't a boring path. 
It's a straight path through every trial, temptation, and trepidation we will face. It is a wild ride of life. And what I want us to do this morning is take a look at some of the key principles that are laid out in this passage and begin to understand how to embrace this wild ride of wisdom. It might leave us breathless at the end of our life, but will also leave us with no regrets, no desires or dreams unmet. So let's look at verse 5 right quick and grab a couple principles. First one is this, it says, trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. There are two key terms that I want to look at here to help us understand and unlock this passage. The first it says to trust the Lord with all your heart. Now, for many of us, we may think that this is a call to blind obedience and giving up complete control in my life. And you know what? We all have some trust issues at some level in our life, don't we? I mean, it's hard enough to even trust our wives or our spouse or our best friends or people that we know the best. And it's hard to trust God. It's even hard to trust ourselves. We all have these issues. And when we hear about talking about trusting God with all of our heart, it's not just difficult. We think it may be actually impossible. I can trust God somewhat, but I don't know about with all my heart. But the idea that the Proverbs writer is sharing here is not a blind trust and obedience. Instead, it is a willingness to completely bind or attach yourself to someone or something else. It is a picture of grabbing onto something and not letting go. To trust the Lord with all your heart is a grabbing on to him and not letting go. This comes when we fully embrace the fear of the Lord. When we go, you know what? The awe and honor and respect I have for him makes me hold on to him like nothing else. The Lord is inviting us on this journey. He's inviting us to grab hold of him, to grab hold of wisdom and journey through this wild ride of life with him. But to do that, we have to let go of something. And what we have to let go of is the next part of this verse is the second term. It says, do not lean on your own understanding. The idea of leaning here is not, it's kind of a word picture that he uses to prop something up, like to hold something together that's falling apart. It's like an old shed that probably needs to be torn down, but we'll stick one more brace to hold that wall up. Or it's a boat that's got so many leaks in it, we'll try to keep plugging them when we probably ought to just get a new boat. Or it's like maybe a sandcastle that's so close to the ocean, every time you get something built, a wave comes in and wipes it out, and you're trying to just get it back to where it was before the next wave comes. Leaning on our own understanding isn't about taking a journey through life. When we think about leaning on our understanding, it means we're just trying to survive life. I don't want to get the most. I don't want to be a wild ride. I just want to survive. That's what leaning on our own understanding means. We want to protect our little shack, our little boat, our sandcastle that we've happened to acquire in this life and do all we can to keep it from destruction. But wisdom is calling us to move forward, to move ahead, to move to a home with a more stable foundation, to get into a boat that's not taking on water, to move further up the beach to drier sand that is more conducive to building your dream sandcastle. On our own, understanding simply tries to preserve what we have And the moments of wisdom try to temporarily solve problems that come into our life. But this isn't real movement, and it's not what God intended when he said to trust in him and lean not on your own understanding. The best way I can say it is this. Here's what it's telling us. Wisdom is a relocation, not a vacation. It is a relocation, not a vacation. Real wisdom isn't something where we just visit on occasion. Instead, it's a place that we completely relocate to. We leave the shack, leave the boat, 
and start a new journey with the Lord and see what is next in moving forward and embracing living versus surviving. It is a relocation of our hearts, our souls, and our mind. And you know what? We experience this, these two mindsets every day in this city, right? I mean, this city is filled with those that are trying to live here and those that are taking vacations here. And it's usually not hard to differentiate who is who. I mean, it's very easy to tell the difference by the way they walk, by the way they talk, how they dress, what, what they look like, how they look around the city, the expressions on their face of both fear and joy, the places they go, and the food that they eat. I mean, why is there even an olive garden in New York City? I, and it's across the street from Mr. Moro. Like, I'm like, of all the, there's enough Italian, quality Italian food in this city. I don't know how those two places stay alive, stay afloat. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you've ever been to the Olive Garden in the Sabora. I mean, I think I'd rather go have the dollar pizza than the Sabora. But it's not hard to tell, right? I mean, they walk through the streets looking up instead of looking around. It's not hard to spot a tourist. It's also not hard to spot somebody who lives here and does life here. If we approach our wisdom journey like a vacation, leaning on our own understanding, we will never have the true wisdom experience. We will only see it from one point of view. It is simply a place where we visit, try to get some good pictures, but when we relocate our wisdom, it doesn't just give us a new cool experience. Instead, it gives us a new position in life. How do you know you're a real New Yorker? When you can get on a subway train and hold your breath for one stop when you have to. Right? I mean, you just feel like, I got a grin and bear it. I can hold it for that three minutes between Vernon and Grand Central if I really need to. You know, you're more surprised when you don't see a rat than when you do see a rat in the subway. And you, you come to this point, and this is where I really figured out, like when my parents come visit and we'll get off the train and they'll be like, did you see that person? And I was like, no, I, don't, I have no clue. They were like, oh, is that odd person? I'm like, that's everybody on the subway. Like, people were looking at you thinking you were the odd person on the subway. Like, we just finally get in a different perspective. We see things, experience things in a different way. It's like when we come to New York City, and and if all you ever did every day was go to the Empire State Building, Statue of Liberty, Times Square, and Central Park. That was your day every day. Like that's how we just kind of visit wisdom. We think, all right, when I need something, I'll just go and get a piece here and there. These are all great things, but it's not really the city. And we just simply do what everybody else does. We don't actually seek what is specific to us in this location and in this moment. I had some uh, friends come to visit one time, and I thought they had figured out this city because they said, we're happy to meet you anywhere. We, we, we have no how to get on the bus. And I'm like, wow, you know how to get on the bus. Like, I'm still a little pieces of the bus. I don't understand. Sometimes they just get on and hope they're going in the same direction. So I was talking about maybe you could go here and there, and they were like, we don't see that on the stop. And they weren't talking about the real bus. They were talking about the red bus that they go. They thought that was a New York bus that they could get all around the city on. I was like, all right, you don't have a clue about actually getting around the city. You're just doing what somebody else tells you to do. And sometimes we think that's wisdom. Just going to somebody for advice. What did you do in this situation? What happened here? And there's parts and pieces of that that are pieces of wisdom. But true wisdom only comes when we re- relocate our heart, soul, mind into the heart and soul, mind 
of the Lord. The basics of wisdom can be found all throughout our culture and in our world, but the depths of wisdom can take us to so much more interesting places. You know, it's a wise thing to love your family and to love your friends and to love your neighbor, but it's deep wisdom to love your enemy and to pray for those who persecute you, to not repay evil with evil. It's wisdom to be considerate and show kindness, but it is deep wisdom to live a life defined by meekness, sacrifice, and humility. You see, we can find good in the culture, but wisdom comes when we follow a deep, abiding relationship with Christ. A relocation of wisdom impacts my soul and your soul. It impacts the way that we see, the way that we think, the way that we feel, and the way that we respond. It gets into the minutia of our lives. It changes our rhythms and shifts our perspectives. We don't fall in love with it because of its glitz and glamour. We fall in love with wisdom because of the peace and understanding that it brings to our hearts and our minds. Wisdom is best experienced at the soul level. The other thing that shifts here is it's not just that it's this surface level versus soul level, but a move to wisdom, a a relocation is a permanent move versus a temporary visit. Trusting the Lord with all your heart isn't something we just do on a temporary basis or at certain times in our life. It isn't our annual trip to the beach or the ski slopes. Wisdom isn't just a cool experience or unique moment. It is everyday experiences and moments. It is in today, tomorrow, this moment, that moment. I have some friends. They love to come to New York every year. They come the same time of the year. They come and they do the exact same thing while they're here, the exact same restaurants. The only thing that changes are whatever shows they're going to happen to see while they're here. I can tell you their schedule. The email I get is, you know, do you know anybody that can get me tickets to this show? It's not, do you know a new restaurant? Do you know a new place to go? They have. They go to Junior's for this. Then they go to Ellen's Stardust. Like when they tell me their schedule, I'm like getting a little vomit in my mouth. You know, I'm like, please, no. Please expand. Step away from 7th Avenue. It's okay. Move beyond Broadway. But they do this one thing every, and it's their New York experience. And this is what we do with wisdom. We think I'm going to have this one temporary thing. I need to take a vacation to wisdom this year, in this moment. My life's getting too hectic right now. There's problems that are coming my way, and I need to deal with it. And we think we just got to take a vacation to wisdom, but it's not a temporary visit. It's a permanent move. When we treat wisdom like a vacation, it becomes something that we need or we're due for. Like, I'm getting stressed. I need a vacation. I'm tired. I need a vacation. I'm burnt out, I need a vacation. When we do this with wisdom as well, I'm stressed or anxious or tired or burnt out, so I guess I need to find some wisdom to help me through this. Wisdom isn't a place to visit when you finally get to the end of your rope. Instead, wisdom is the rope that we climb through this life with and on. It gives us something to hold on to every day and every minute. It isn't a path out of fear, anxiety, stress, or difficulty. Instead, it is a path through it with hope and peace. Stop taking vacations to wisdom and move there permanently. Now, this is much easier said than done. And as we start on this pathway that we're looking at these next two weeks, I wanted us to focus on this piece this morning of setting aside, leaning on our own understandings, and instead trusting him 
fully the Lord this morning. I just want to ask you a couple of simple questions this morning. What do you trust more? Yourself or the way of the Lord? What do you trust more, your own understanding? Are you living out of the fear of the Lord? It's so easy in this life to wake up and the first tool you pick up is your own understanding. And you go through life and you try to, whatever trial you come to, whatever difficulty, whatever circumstance you get into, you start to try to fix it with your own understanding. And then when that doesn't work, you may reach back and try to get a little bit of wisdom. And my challenge as we begin to talk about the straight path or the crooked path is to ask yourself, will I start each day, each moment, each trial that I come to with picking up the wisdom of the Lord first? And not lean on your own understanding, but then let him direct you in how to use the gifts, the knowledge, the experiences that he's given you to make a difference in your life. I think if you're like me, it's probably easier to say, I so much and so often trust in my own understanding ask myself first the first question I ask is always to myself not to God this is a teaching that I need this morning so I want to challenge you this day as we begin this journey next week we're going to look at the next three verses in this passage and really begin to understand the next step but if we don't get this piece down if we don't get this idea of setting our own understanding down and picking up the wisdom of God first then we will never keep going on this journey. It's like the first step across a pond with multiple rocks, and you can't jump to rock two, three, and four until you make that first step of setting aside, trusting in your own understanding, and instead picking up trusting in the Lord and what he has for you. Will you join me as we pray this morning? With your head bowed and your eyes closed, it's very easy this morning to... Uh, push this off to say, yeah, yeah, that's a good lesson, a good teaching, good truth, but I got to make my own way. I got to do my own thing. I got to figure it out. And God's there to help when he real, when I really get into trouble. I want you to hear this morning. Wisdom isn't a place we visit. It's a life we live. And that level of wisdom and that level of trust and that level of submission only comes when we understand the deep, deep love that God has for us. A love that caused him to cross the biggest barrier that there ever was of sin and brokenness and to reach down and provide a way of salvation and forgiveness and our hope in the depths of our sorrow. Wherever you sit this morning, would you set down your own tools? Would you set down this idea that it's up to you to make things better? And instead this morning, would you pick up a trust in the Lord? Father, we come to you this morning as people that are sometimes anxious, sometimes stuck in difficult situations, sometimes stubborn and just want our own way. God, this morning, would you help us let go?
let go for the very, maybe for the very first time and grab hold of you. Not come to the end of our rope, but to grab this rope and let it lead us through life. God, we love you this morning. We want to be overwhelmed by your love as we reach out to you. As we come to the end of our prayer time, we have a chance to sing together, as Chase mentioned. If you need somebody to pray with you, there'll be some people behind the curtain. Uh, You can just step out during this song or even after the service. And you don't even have to explain fully what it is, but just say, I just need prayer, and somebody be there to pray for you. Father, we come to surrender ourselves to you today. In your name we pray. Amen.